Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we talk about everyone's favorite grandmothers to visit, the Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're on the sixth episode of the series on Golden Girls. Um, and the the sort of basis of this one is that Blanche's grandson, David, who is 14, allegedly, I'm not really quite sure how old this actor is, um, but he comes to visit uh, because um, Blanche's daughter, Janet, who, um, you know, we continue to hear about in the series, uh, and her husband, a Yankee, which is a hugely, (laughs) hugely problematic uh, piece of information for Blanche, um, they're sort of having marital problems. So I think setting that up for David's arrival is really important because it kind of explains some of his behavior. Right, exactly. And it's also the pun on on Golden Pond, which is a Jane Fonda movie about teenage bonding, teenage boy bonding, which is just like, I wonder if they just took that title and they're just like, let's write a movie. about. I mean, let's write an episode about, uh, you know, bonding with a teenage boy. All right, throw him in there. <laughs> I would believe it. Definitely. I would believe it. Um, also, the, the actor, fun fact, is the younger brother in real life of the actor who plays Dorothy's son, Michael. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Good to yeah. see that. Also, who has a mutable age uh, <laughs> throughout the series. So yes, definitely. We'll meet him later. <laughs> um, so, David chose... So, what did you think? So, okay. So, I hate this one. Um, I will be very upfront about that. I will say, watching it this time, I, I found a lot of funny lines. Um, but in general, I think this is one that I would skip, even if I, like, came across it on TV. Um, I, David's just so annoying, and the, the plot is just so, like what a punk kid, you know, it's hard for me to, to get past that. But, but I do, um, I think there's a certain amount of sort of what we talked about before of reality suspension that you need to appreciate this one, starting from the very beginning. <laughs> um, we talked about this in, in the episode of Kate's wedding, but, um, David just snuck to the Bahamas. I know it was a different time. I know that like plane security was different but how are people just like zip zapping around to the bahamas all the time and this kid's 14 and they, yeah he just locked himself in the bathroom of the plane and continued on to the bahamas um so that's pretty cool <laughs> it's another cop at the door which you referenced before um oh yeah so right from the also, beginning it has to be a cop at the door right like it has to be a cop at the door because you know, they, again, this different time of flights, but also that she has to page him in the airport. She has to talk about checking the flight records, like all this pre-cell phone, right? Like you can't, if you miss someone at the airport, what are your options? Like there is, she comes home. Like that's like the funniest thing to me. Um, and then of course, you know, he gets delivered by a cop at the door immediately with his punk leather jacket. It's hysterical. It's Miami. How, what are you doing? You must be sweating. <laughs> Um, so also so david shows up and whatever he's this punk but actually before he gets there um i think we get to see a nice little uh glimmer of rose when she is talking about um like a a real true revelation of who rose is and was as a mother when she said she's made her son's favorite after school snack which is like a blt potato salad and chocolate cake and they're like (laughs) Where was he going after? You know, it's, it's, um, but I think yeah, that's exactly what, chair. yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what you imagined Rose was as a mother, like doting and like, you know, constantly serving food and like your snack is prepared and you walk in the door and it's definitely a little bit, it's a little bit dated for us now, certainly, but I think um, for who she was as a mother in, you know, like 
whatever the decade it was like I think that that's what she uh lived her life as and and it's nice to see that little flashback for her yeah that's a good point that really does paint again it fits so well that it's just an obvious thing that she would be doing so it's perfect um the other nice glimmer before David arrives is you know Dorothy's kind of grumbling because she has to take this French uh test which again it's like okay you're taking a French class all right um <laughs> they're all always in classes <laughs> I know <laughs> well hey continuing education it's really important yeah, it's nice. um, and it, it does to be to be fair it does make sense that Dorothy would like be the one most taking classes as a teacher like she's the one that education's most important but I refuse to believe that she never took a French class in her entire <laughs> life and then she didn't know how to say merci beaucoup mes amis. <laughs> yeah that's the big the big before the big moment. reveal it's very impressive yeah which is perfect that Rose says she's the most impressed because yeah. that's again perfect <laughs> but no they're talking about it and and dorothy's kind of grumbling because she's got to study and oh my god a teenager what are we going to do with one in the house and um you know sophia just sort of again she sort of like you know admonishes her and just says like hey it's blanche's grandson we do for family and i just like that's such a perfect line it's such a perfect italian grandma line and it's just like that's it family no matter what that's we're we're helping out and that's that and and dorothy says you know what you're right like it's it's pretty cool Right. And actually, that sort of ends up uh, being the real B story. It's like Dorothy's studying for this exam, but um, the real sort of background story is that Sophia and Dorothy are forced to share a room um, while they're here. Yeah, for the first time in a long time. And I think that that's a really, um, it's really cute. It's really sweet. But it also is, you know, Sophia's very annoyed that Dorothy's in her bed. And, and like Dorothy's questioning all the medication Sophia has before she goes to bed. She's got a little Bengay on her knees, a little Vicks on her chest. <laughs> Yes, and you know Sophia uh, Dorothy's very annoyed by all the scents um and I think it, it the exchange is really funny because like <laughs> she's uh one of them's like tossing and turning and the other you know the other one is is breathing really loudly or whatever and it was just a very I feel like accurate picture if you've ever had to share a bed with like a friend or somebody who's like it's annoying like they do annoying things when you're trying to fall asleep and especially if you're really tired or you're trying to you know study for something you would be pretty annoyed um but it's very especially if it's family exactly yeah exactly and yeah dorothy's tossing and turning and she's list after she lists everything she goes keep it up i'll need a drama meme (laughs) um what i found i love that scene so much because like you said it reads so true to life when it's just you're out of your norm you know like you there's this is not a that you're not partners you're not used to everybody's quirks so it obviously is going to be interruptive um but she you know so dorothy's complaining about her pickling herself and you know she goes sophia says fine i'll wipe it off tomorrow i'll be in a wheelchair (laughs) and no one laughs the studio audience says it I know. I was like, that's the funniest line of all of those. Because again, like like we said, there's so many punchlines like roll, 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 roll. And you think it's the end of the joke segment, but it just keeps going. And that part is my favorite part of the whole thing. And nobody laughed in the audience. I, I was know. Like, Are you guys too tired from the <laughs> other giggles? I know. It's a good it's one. Great. Um and then, so they're having that. And then Dorothy goes off on that story about Mrs. Doolittle. And I also really like this because Dorothy gets to be, it, it's like a little cringy for me. Like when she's telling the story and she's like doing like a baby voice about her doll. And Sophia is just not here for it. She's like, go to bed. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like I'm not here for your memory lane right now. Um, totally. So I, I love that. Um, and then I think also the a little, a lot of comic relief again comes from Rose. Um, we have, we're getting closer to a St. Olaf story. Uh, she tells yes. you know, this crazy story about how she had to milk Alice, the cow on their farm. 
And she's like, well, you had to sit on the stool. And the girls are like, well, let's, you know, you're always sitting on a stool when you're milking a cow. Um, and, of course, the reveal is that Alice had to sit on a stool because she was involved in a nasty plowing accident. Um, and, you know, there's just, like, all of these crazy anecdotes about the animals on the farm and whatever. And it goes on for too long. And it, it's it's getting – we're getting so close. I can't I can't wait for when we finally get there. Um, it's, it's right. That's right. And it's, it's funny because they um... – I the part I don't like about this, you know, so Dorothy has the really funny line where she's like, What did you guys run a farm for handicapped animals? And she keeps talking about, you know, again, peppering throughout the episode, as you said, getting like different comments about just wacky, uh, you know, a- animals that are struggling in some physical manner. Um, but at the end, when David's giving his little speech, when he's presumably drinking like a root beer while the rest of them are having champagne, that's what you do with when your 14 year old grandson <laughs> visits. Um, he he's like I learned all about handicapped animals, and it kind of kills the joke a little bit more to like not let it lie. Like they make the joke again, and you're like, okay, all right. Like the audience laughs, but I was like, all right, guys, come on. Like don't don't take away from the power of it having be like a one time shot for me at least. So I think they're still working out. Like uh, like when they do callbacks to Saint Olaf stories later in the series, they don't ever sort of repeat the same lines. You know, they don't ever say the punchline again. It's always like it adds onto it like those those plus 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 jokes that we were just talking about yeah i agree and i think also part of it is that david character is that it's not a good it's not a great display of acting if i may (laughs) yeah let's let's talk about david tell me why let's talk about this episode so much so i so david shows up and, and you know right he's just like a caricature and i think that sometimes you know, that's fine. I think a lot of times the kids of um, the four girls are, you know, they're not recurring exactly. They don't come on a lot. So it's fine. They don't need to be like, you know, they don't need to all be George it's Clooney, perfect. I guess, is what I'm saying <laughs> of the guest stars. <laughs> that's an Easter egg for you, you super fans out there. Um, but yeah, so he comes and he's just like this this punk. And right away, he's he's going out to make friends. And I'm like... You're at 14. Like, what I just picture myself in, you know, seventh, eighth grade, and like, I didn't know anyone like that. It just feels like a very unrealistic depiction of eighth grade to me. Um, yeah. So he shows up, right? And he's just like super disrespectful right away to all of them. Um, he. Uh, Although, come on, the, the Nina, the Pinto, the yeah. Santa Maria line is pretty hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. But what's funnier is Rose's response, which is it was a DC 10. I don't think it had yeah. a name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, what I think is interesting is all of their responses to his sort of off-putting personality. So Blanche is like kind of making excuses. And I think walking on eggshells, which I think is a pretty um, well-developed tactic because she's so we find out later that she's so damaged and sort of embarrassed about what she did while raising Janet and how their relationship is now that 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 does make sense that like she would really seek his approval yeah she's unsure of parenting still like way more like unsure than the other girls are yeah and he she wants him to like her which is a really yep. sort of bizarre thing to have with with your your grandchild i imagine yeah yeah uh, well but it comes up later with her niece so i mean it's it's a it's a running theme with blanche right that's true um and she sort of like kind of brushes it off and is like oh his father's a yankee what can we expect <laughs> whatever um and i think rose is kind of shocked by it 
her reaction isn't as strong, but Sophia, which also is right in line with what I think would actually be the case. She's, you know, an 80 year old Italian woman from who lived in New York. Like her reaction is like, she's just not going to take any of his, his like nonsense. Um, and, you know, of course she makes the reference to, to hitting him with a melon baller, which is mm-hmm. a little dated. <laughs> for sure. A little. Um, but I like, they actually do go into, just like last episode where they're like, oh, blah, 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 house calls. And it's kind of like a what? And then, you know, as you watch it now, especially, and then they go into an explanation. This, you know, when she's like, I would have given him a smack. And you're kind of like, well, okay. You know, like, yeah. a little, little uh, uncharted territory, a little bit controversial. And they actually talk about it here. You know, like, I don't believe in hitting kids or I think sometimes they deserve it. You know, like that kind of thing. So it actually covers it um from a from a 1985 perspective to be fair but um but yeah but the melon baller even though it is violent is very funny yeah no it definitely is <laughs> good weight in the hand <laughs> um so basically like david just kind of runs off and is you know can't be controlled and whatever and like that's fine if he wants to go out and party i don't care but well what you were saying earlier too I do remember watching this as as a younger woman, as a younger girl, and being like, is that what kids do? They just sort of go and make friends at a burger joint when they're on vacation? Like, that's not what I do. Am I supposed to be doing that? Like, there was a little bit of, like, oh, is that what the cool kids are? Like, I definitely think I would have been impressed by David <laughs> had I been 14 at the time. Like, something about his being a dickhole is, like, you know endearing to a woman of that age uh but it's just really funny i i did the exact same thing like who who's making friends at the burger joint looks like there might be some kids there yeah come over to my grandma's house um it's very bizarre no that's totally i definitely remember watching this when i was younger being like wow like i need to make some new friends where should i go like what should i be doing it's like (laughs) how did you even get anywhere first of all you're 14 you can't drive like it's just it there's a lot of holes in it right so whatever so he goes and he somehow makes all of these friends with the um and I love so much when they walk out to here because they hear this like insanely loud just like somebody crashing a cymbal like it's not even a beat it's just like absurdly loud it, music. it actually I really wish I had done Shazam to to see if it's a real song or if it was like composed for this <laughs> because it absolutely sounds like parts of a Led Zeppelin song where you're just like what where they're just sort of jerking off with guitars and drums <laughs> and it, like it's really hilarious but like the 80s boombox is just perfect and you think that that's the most perfect set dressing but then they do this amazing just visual gag of the girls staring at this bleached rat tail (laughs) that the one guy has and then you're like nope that's even better than the boombox a bleached rat tail (laughs) yeah it's another it's another instance of the punchline just being b arthur's face i say i think like she's just staring deadpan and she just is fascinated but also horrified um which i think we've all yeah we've all had a rat tail (laughs) (laughs) exactly she pauses what she's saying you know she like interrupts herself for the gag it's it's magnificent right so basically okay so now dave is here with his friends whatever um you know they're like what the fuck like you have to get out there's all these random kids here on a what (laughs) so it's also two o'clock in the morning like this isn't like like he's being willfully a prick but i can't tell and i don't know if it's because his acting or the writing or whatever it is if they're trying to be like 
no, he thinks this is fine, that he should be able to do this. Because it's like, even if you're trying to be a dick or you, like, don't know how families work, like, come on, dude. Right. I mean, even if your parents are fighting all the time, I'm sure they're not cool with you having a group full of kids in their living room at two in the morning. Um, Also, it's your grandmother. (laughs) You obviously don't really know that well, so I don't understand. Um, Yeah, so whatever so they kick him out and then they have to basically deal with like punishing david and he's such a so i think the reason i think there's a a really painful sort of route to this episode which is that blanche really fucked up with janet which we said um but i think living with that and also sort of just like living with the fact that your relationships with your family are complicated really grates at her and even though she kind of lives her life in this sort of like very um almost flamboyant way uh you know anytime her family comes up it's 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 sad and it's heavy and I feel like for anybody who doesn't have you know a sort of perfect relationship with your family or you've ever fought with a parent or something like that you know like you can you can relate to that um and I think that that's sort of the, the dark cloud over this which is probably a huge reason why i don't like it um and and also because <laughs> that, that makes you know <laughs> and and david doesn't seem to have any sense of um sim- like empathy i guess is really the word i'm looking for with with blanche and that like drives me nuts because i i mean not to be a reverse sexist but i think that like if you wrote that same character as a granddaughter she would have to even because think about little melissa who's probably I don't know, eight years younger than David later in the series, but she is so careful around her grandmother's feelings. And it's just so annoying to me that a boy that much older wouldn't have like half of that sense of empathy and trying to make someone else feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. And he, you know, he has the, the line at the end, like that can for girls. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, fine. Like a 14 year old boy might say that too, but you're right. Like they wouldn't have written a granddaughter in the same way. And again, they, but also like to give grandsons some credit, like, again, like I mentioned the 2am at your grandma's house thing, like, come on, meet, meet them halfway. Yeah. Like you're understanding a little bit of where they're coming from, you know? Uh, so yeah, I totally, I can totally see how um, that really rubs you the wrong way, but you're, but you're right about the complicated family relationships because like you said, you know, I mean, if if you, it's interesting to portray it here as a grandmother kind of regretting the way, you know, she raised her own children, but feeling like there's an opportunity to quote unquote do over or do right by a grandchild. I think that that's a, that's a, a heady concept. And from the reverse point of view of like your young women like me and you watching this, you can see it from the opposite perspective of like, oh, I might have a complication relationship with my mother or my father or something like that. But now I can see the reverse of what they might be going through with me um, reflected, you know, in the character. So, but I think it's um, the whole like doing over and doing right by David. That's what you said in the beginning, like Rose, I'm, uh, Blanche has to walk on eggshells around him or she's not really sure how to pursue it because she wants to be so well-liked and she knows she's not really well-liked by his mother. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so so that all happens, whatever. And then, you know, I think that there's supposed to be this big sort of, like, and I'm sure it was at the time, like, this big controversial moment when Sophia does finally slap him. Um, and it it's kind of, I, I like that they don't really harp on it because I do think it's sort of, like, anticlimactic in a way like it's it's a pretty swift Mm -hmm. thing that happens you know and then he goes outside and he's reflecting he's all like 
oh, Moby Dopey, whatever. Um, but <laughs> it didn't. What, I love how much you. I know it's, it's so fucking just annoying. Great. Um, it's great. But how does the? Do you remember how the audience reacts? I think. I think a, couple, a bunch of people. Clap. Yeah, there's there's like some subtle clapping, but it's not it's not a lot. Like it's not like everybody. Um, yeah. So that's right. sort of why I think it's not this huge discussion on like the use of spanking is just, you know, like it's, we don't need that. I don't need that from this. They cover it, but it's not, it's not actually the plot of the episode. Right. Yeah. Which, which I appreciate. Um, so then where I think it actually does sort of like ramp up and get funny again is when they're discussing like how to handle it and what to do about his punishment. Um, and there's a couple different pieces of that conversation that I really love. Uh, first they're going through the chore list and (laughs) they're just kind of going through it and it's all like normal stuff, clean the garage, yada, yada. Um, and then it's clean the denture cup. (laughs) Yeah. Scrub the denture cup. (laughs) I hate doing it. <laughs> um, that's a really good one. And then um, there's this sort of for no reason, but I, I love it. Rose says, um, idle hands are the devil's workshop. And Dorothy chimes in and she's like, God, I wish I'd said that. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had that. I was going to write that down in my notes. And I was like, I don't even know what to say about it. And I think that's actually very meta because I feel like the writers didn't know what to say about it, but they just love that line. Like, God, I wish I'd said that. That's it. And it just passes through and it's not, it's not anchored anywhere. It's just floating out there, but it's fucking great. It's so perfect. Yeah. Um, So then they're all talking about the different chores they did growing up and, and Blanche sort of, again, what you were saying kind of takes the blame on herself because she never had to do any chores. So she didn't raise Janice Mm -hmm. to do chores and yada, yada. But um, the lighter part of that conversation definitely is, is the other the other women talking about what they had to do growing up except uh, except the, uh, speaking of lighter i think it's pretty damn dark which i noted where sophia is saying crossing the street without getting pregnant was a chore in sicily <laughs> which is like kind of funny but then they dig into it because rose asks about it later and she's like cheap chianti and narrow streets and you're like is this a rape joke like, yeah what? yeah it's very and you're like oh shit god Stuck damn that right in the um, after anyway. the handicapped animals Stuck, yeah just like <laughs> seriously seriously um but i do love how again the the other women are so much more confident as mothers they might have different ideas of what to do like rose obviously disagrees with the hitting and all that kind of stuff and you know dorothy might feel differently about it but she doesn't think sophia has a right to do it to somebody else's grandkid yada yada but they all are very much like no it's like chores and discipline and structure like boom this is what will happen and they immediately like are just they kind of write a prescription for him which is interesting because it's like i don't know i i kind of reflected on that like i do think the structure is important but is it really gonna switch by being like hey we just had a fight do all my chores and scrub my roommate's denture cup (laughs) um (laughs) but apparently he loved it um given by his root beer speech at the end um i think that the best part of this entire exchange of like the the other women being a parent to someone else's grandkid is Dorothy's tough love exchange where she literally calls him buddy boy (laughs) catches him catches him sneaking out the house and it's like it's just it again I think like so many things on paper it could be so over the top and so hokey um particularly with the use of the phrase buddy boy (laughs) but (laughs) 
B. Arthur just nails it. And she, you know, she is, Dorothy is, is the toughest and strongest. She's a school teacher. She knows how to actually talk to a kid like this and like ask him what his plan is. But I also remember watching this episode. And I think part of the reason I don't actually hate it as much as you do um, is because of the scene. And because I feel like even though she's tough on him, she's treating him like an adult that he wants to be treated as like she's already like so what's your plan taking a bus oh where are you going where are you going like just having a conversation instead of being like you're under my house and i'm going to take good care of you and oh my gosh and kind of the way that that blanche talks to him in the very beginning um if that makes sense yeah no and i think it's really cool to see that sort of tough love um kind of like what are you really doing here as a maternal characteristic because i think that the discipline, the disciplinarian aspect of it is often written into like the fathers or I, I guess the male characters. Um, and so it's really cool to see Dorothy have that and then carry through the maternal piece um, that sort of seems to come more naturally to her than to Blanche anyway. Um, so that I, is such a great point. I I'd never even thought of that, that about that before, but that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So that's I love not often the role. I do love that that interaction, and I you know I appreciate I love a wrap up. So I'm happy that Dorothy passed her French final, um, and you know that, that Blanche <laughs> also sort of gets to have this moment of like con- confrontation with Janet, um, you know, and sort of acknowledging that she messed up, but also trying her best to stop the cycle from continuing um you know when Sophia when when David says he's gonna live there and the girls are like okay call his mother (laughs) call his mother I love it also it it is interesting too because yeah they're all like okay which is absolutely straight up and Rose says it she's like we're grandmothers this isn't fair yeah we don't want to live <laughs> you know, with a 14 year old <laughs> for real you know at least it's not a baby but or a pig. Um, as as yeah exactly as they <laughs> contemplate so many times in the upcoming <laughs> episodes but um no but I it is also very touching because at the end they do come around and Dorothy says like hey you can come here whenever you want you have a place to be safe um, you have a place where when this when shit really gets bad, you know, like that we can be a solace for you. And then, you know, they basically tell Blanche, like, we're in it for you. Like, if you're really going to do it, we'll help you. Um, and that's that's going back to that chosen family piece. Right. Like they they are they do for family. And that includes the three of them, not just Blanche. Oh, yeah. Maybe I don't hate it. I'll tell you. Something. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll come around. Um, but I love the next one. Love, love, love the next one. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, the next one is amazing. So we're going to discuss Viking funerals and staking major life decisions on bowling tournaments. What fun! (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye-bye.